everyone. Welcome to It's Sports Stupid. I'm Maggie Gray. I'm the host of SI Now here at Sports Illustrated. Joining me, as always, Richard Deitch. Not a media critic. Oh, no, no, no. He's a media reporter. He also has the office next door to me. We're doing a podcast called It's Sports Stupid. Richard, would you like to say something to our fans? Well, first, of all, not, uh, first of all, I'm not sure how many fans we have. <laughs> Secondly, um, can you know, this is, I feel like this is, I think this is our fourth podcast. And once again, your opener is exactly the same with the same media critic, media writer joke. Change it up. But Richard, I know it gets under your skin. It's just so reliable every time I can go to it and it immediately puts you in a bad mood, which is why I love it. Maggie, the, the, I find you when you do your little SI Now show, yeah. um, you do a lot of inventive and new things. So it's just very, I guess I would say disappointing. <laughs> you think I'm mailing it in. Right. I, say, I, okay. would say, I would say it's a little disappointing that for this podcast. That you, I've decided to completely right, just you don't go take vanilla. This, I feel like you don't take this podcast as seriously as you do the uh, as your other show. Like to, to me, considering this, I have to sit next to you, this it's is like hard. this is like old recycled material. <laughs> yes, this is my B stuff. Right. Uh, this this feels like 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 the twenty seventh season of Friends or something <laughs> like that when the show is totally over. When they were just like just cash and checks. Right. That's just what this I'm is doing. what this feels like. Yes. To you. This is we've right. gone. We've already jumped the shark. We're past it, and I'm just I'm sitting by the pool right, right this now. This is like who, I'm actually phoning this in i'm trying to think of like what would be who would be the worst judge for american idol at this point when every star (laughs) is gone yes i'm like i'm steven tyler bad is what you're telling me all right well enough with the insults let's get on to the show of course what is the show even richard and i well the show is called it's sports stupid okay every week richard and i go through some of the biggest sports headlines of the week we'll give you a feature interview with a headliner newsmaker and then we'll finish off every podcast with our stupid question of the week, something totally off of sports, totally irreverent. Um, today, that question is the most embarrassing television show that you currently watch and watch religiously, and then also the most embarrassing television show you've ever watched faithfully, religiously, and that will come to you I later like, on the I podcast. Like that. It, okay. show, it shows you did more than 30 seconds of show prep, so <laughs> fantastic. I know. I love that I'm the one who's not prepped when I'm thinking up the ideas. I'm sending the Elizabeth emails. Elizabeth Newman and I, our producer, are working incredibly <laughs> yes, hard around the clock. for hours. It's a third shift, sending really, ideas. is what it is. Okay, well, let's get started with our first topic, and that's one that's close to our hearts here at Sports Illustrated. It's the Sportsman of the Year Award, which normally comes out in November. So by now, Richard, we have a a couple solid candidates for Sportsman of the Year. You recently wrote about Serena Williams and why she is your candidate for Sportsman, obviously winning three majors this year. But tell us a little bit about why you think Serena deserves it. Right. So not too long ago, I tweeted out that Serena Williams is my pick for Sportsman of the Year, and th- it's over for me. My decision is made, and I said my decision was made before the Open Championships, which, of course, angered... The championships Wimbledon. Yeah, no, no, the Open Championships of golf, which angered a lot of Jordan Spieth fans, and I got a lot of, you know, hey, genius, there's still five months left in the year. Thanks, Copernicus, I know. The point is, Serena Williams is 40-1 and one this year. Three majors. It's as good a individual year as one can have in a sport. She's dominated her sport. She heads into the Open. I think she's going to win the Grand Slam, but we'll see. I also think, at least for this magazine's purposes... There is a bit of a um, career sort of historical mm. kind of That's thing. That's an element that yeah, comes in. like Peyton Manning got it, you know, Coach K, Pat Summit. Serena's 33 years old, which in itself is just amazing that she's performing at this level at that age. She's never won Sportsman of the Year. She's, she's the best female athlete on the planet, and you can make the argument, you know, um, along with Jackie Joyner-Kersey and Babe uh, Zaharias, you know, the greatest athlete of all time. So to me— Combined with this incredible year, 
plus her historical place in sports, the, it's over for me. She is our sports Okay, so how about this, Einstein? If she doesn't reach 22 majors, which would be tying Steffi Graf for the most in the open era, right? you still believe that she's the best women's tennis player of all time. She yes. does not need to match Steffi. Correct. She is, she, as, and I've been a Steffi Graf yeah, supporter forever. But in the last 15 months, Serena has, has surpassed Steffi as the GOAT. Now, people will say, oh, Steffi's era was so much greater. Not necessarily. Go look back. When, you know, and it sucks that it happened, but Monica Seles getting stabbed changed the complexion of Steffi's career. There were times in tournaments she did not particularly beat great fields. And I think Serena gets a bum rap because people are like, oh, look who she's beating. Serena is so dominant that she makes the Sharapovas and Azarenkas. That's not even a rivalry. Petra Kvitovas of the world look bad. I don't think in a different era, I think those players would be very, I think Sharapova would majors in other eras. So I think, I think she gets a... A bad tag. So, yeah, what's interesting, though, and you should hit on this before the segment's over, is are we giving short shrift to the U.S. Women's National well, Team? Well, I was going to bring up American some of the other, Farrah, uh, the other candidates. Curry. This is what we're going to talk right. about. The I don't other even know candidates. who you're picking. Well, wow, my voice just cracked there like Peter Brady. <laughs> because that's how excited you are to know about what my pick is going to be for right. sportsmen. You know, I'm not sure if I've made my decision yet, but I want to go through some other candidates with you. So, yes, you mentioned the U.S. Women's National Team right up there. American Farrow. I know that Sports Illustrated has given it to a horse in the past. Am I right about that? I'm not sure you're right. About it. I don't think I'm not. I thought they have. Secretary, we should they check have. it. Secretary, you think won? No, I think a different affirmed? one affirmed. Yeah, I think affirmed won it. We should double check that. And no, Steve Coffin won in '77, not the horse, the jockey won. Okay, so would this be Victor Espinoza and American Pharaoh, or I guess. would this just be American Pharaoh? Well, yeah. we'll figure that out. Okay. I think that Steph Curry's going to get a couple looks because the Golden State Warriors, although I think Riley Curry actually should get sportsman. Uh, LeBron James for going back to Cleveland and for getting his team to the finals and to game six of the NBA finals. No Kyrie Irving. I think you could give it to him. You can't give it to him again so quickly. What about Malcolm Butler? Hero of the Super Bowl. You're not going to get a better story in sports uh, What are you, Roger Goodell? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I'm Roger Goodell sitting next to Richard (laughs) Dyke. This is where I choose to spend my afternoons. And then Jordan Spieth, I think, is still in the mix. If you go to the PGA Championships at Whistling Straits, and if he wins it, then I think that you have to look at Spieth again for what he's been able to do. All right, Elizabeth uh, Newman points out Steve Cawthon is the only person from horse racing who has won the Sportsman of the Year, 1977, the jockey of Affirmed, basically. Or well, seven, maybe 78. But here's the, a question the for The jockey you. of Affirmed. If American Pharaoh does win, and thank you, Elizabeth, if the American Pharaoh does win Sportsman of the Year... It won't happen. Does Isn't the that... horse come to the party? No, the horse... It, listen, I love horse racing. And I am I, I, I eat at the restaurant of Tim Layden every week, right? Horse racing is a phenomenal sport. There is no chance that horse is going to top... Serena Williams or Jordan Spieth for multiple reasons. You, I, I think mean, it's because not, the horse can't come to the party. And you know, you, that's a big part of it. It's, it is a big part of it. And you can't interview the horse. I understand that. But I think <laughs> I would I, try. Right. I just think, I think the editor, the fine, phenomenal editors of yes. this magazine. Brilliant, smart, brilliant, good looking. Smart, right. Fantastic. I don't think, I just, I don't think they're going to pull the trigger on a horse as opposed to a human being. Okay. So we still have a few months for that to get worked we out. We didn't hit on the U.S. national team, which I think. They were the first right. runner-up. Now, here, before I know we're running long in the segment yeah. because, obviously, the show is not run very tightly by you, Maggie. 
Um, should it be the U.S. national women's team or would it should it be Carly Lloyd if you were going to think about this in terms of a choice? Got to go U.S. women's I national agree. team. Should not be an individual. For as phenomenal as she was, how do you give it to Carly Lloyd when you have Abby Wambach sitting right there? Well, she didn't really do much. Abby Wambach did not do much in the World Cup. No, though. but if you're talking about as a lifetime achievement award, I right. mean, that would really sum up and that would mean a lot to Abby. Now, here's the question. What do you do with Hope Solo? Well, if, if the if right the, now she could have charges. If the U.S. women's team at is at that time, if the U.S. women's team charge. is the choice, she's still part of the selection. She is, but what do you do there? Because well, I, don't, that I hope you don't. A conversation. Well, yeah, I hope she's not used in any marketing elements and stuff. But she she is part of the team. I mean, that's that you can't take that away. from It's her. just something you have to be careful about because we collective we right. the there building, is a sportsman element I, to it too. The sportsman issue, and right. also we've been hard on other. Uh, athletes who have All right, gone we're now going to have to limit our ch- conversation in some of these other segments because you went long. This is what we call in the business post-production. Right. Go ahead. Learn about it. Next okay. topic. Next topic. We saw Becky Hammond right. win NBA Vegas Summer League as the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. Not only is she the first woman to be an assistant coach in the NBA, Richard, now I think a logical question is when – or if Becky Hammond will become an NBA head coach someday? That's a good question. Um, I don't know the answer to that question. First of all, I think Becky Hammond would be a great NBA coach. I think the more interesting question is, when will we see a woman coaching a male professional sport well, as she's head as coach? close as anybody, right? I'm tr- well, let's think about this. In hockey, football for sure, which is absurdly sexist in terms of coaching. Baseball, there have been women in the front office. Kim Ning is a uh, yep. assistant a general manager, but nowhere, obviously, have we seen a manager. Okay, I buy that. So I go through my. She's closer than anybody. Yeah, I go through my Rolodex in my head. She's the closest. So I think my sense would be she'd have to be on the bench for what do you think, three to five, and then and then it would take a very progressive team to take the shot at her. But I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, her credential. She was a great WNBA player, great college player, and obviously. Greg Popovich thought enough of her. The best organization in the league thought enough of her to be a coach. She could definitely do it. The question would be, and this is an interesting question to ponder, is would 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 a team pull the trigger? And are they progressive enough to sort of stand by their convictions to do something which would be incredibly pioneering? I just wonder, first of all, think about how long Tom Thibodeau was on a bench. Right. He was with the Knicks, like, back in the Jeff Van Gundy days. So it's not like as soon as you get to an assistant coach in the NBA, they're just handing out head coach jobs. Mike Malone, these guys are assistants for years. Sometimes right. they never get a shot. And when they do, it's usually a team that stinks, <laughs> and a coach gets hired to get fired in the NBA. Right. I wonder if if you had a group of NBA executives sitting around their board table, boardroom, and they're wondering who they're going to hire as their next head coach. When they bring up the name Becky Hammond, does somebody in the room say, we can hire her, but when we eventually have to fire her, how is that going to look for us? I don't. I, I mean, I, that's an interesting question. I don't think they're thinking that. I think it's they're thinking, is she the best person for the job? And what are the issues in terms of hiring a woman to coach men at that level? Here's, I mean, hasn't she all answered those already, though, by just being an not, assistant coach? I think being a head coach is— who's in the locker room? When are they in the locker room? I think room, being a head like coach that. is— those, I think those being, questions listen, have been put to bed. I think being a head coach is different. And as I said, on a personal level, I think she could do it tomorrow. Sure. What do I think in the reality, in the real world? I don't think it happens for the next 10 years. I wish I was wrong, but I would be stunned if Becky Hammond was an NBA coach in the next 10 years. Do you, would, you think so or no? I would say 10 years is about the window. And I just say that because I think it's— 
hard to get these jobs. As I said, even for men, I think it's hard to get to that top seat. And if you're a great coach in the NBA, you're not going anywhere. Do we agree that it'd be it's a it's it's more likely and perhaps an easier path to do it in the pros than in college because of the recruiting aspect and all sorts of other nonsense at, the, at a university. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think that there's really there's much a of difference. a difference there. No, I think it's a woman in an authority position, and whether or not a team would want to take a chance on that, and whether or not they think that Becky Hammond, as assistant coach, one one A, two two B, what separates her X's and O's basketball wise? Because listen, we know this. Even if you're Phil Jackson or you're one of the great coaches of all time, nobody buys a ticket to an NBA game to watch a coach. Right. Good, bad, or indifferent, nobody does. So it's going to depend. Her success will depend more on, obviously, the people she has in her roster than anything she's yeah, going to do. You no- take over the Sacramento Kings, good luck to you. Yeah, true. And there's no doubt. Listen, there's a major double standard because you look at the WNBA and who's coaching there, Lambeer, Michael Cooper. Yeah. It's never been an issue, and it's never been an issue in the women's game. Again, I as someone who uh, thinks Becky Hammond's fantastic and has the credentials, I hope it happens. Maybe I'm just too cynical. Because I'm not sure I see an NBA team doing it. Well, final thought on this, then we're going to wrap it up and get to Rob Gronkowski. Is what a segue. Whether or not Becky Hammond wants to be the first. I think she does. NBA I mean, I don't think I, I think you, I don't think you take the Spurs job, and I don't think you head into the coaching ranks unless this is what you want. I also think she's a, you know, she's a great athlete. She yeah. clearly was a competitor. She's played in the international stage. She's she played in the WNBA. I my my I mean I don't know her but my guess is that she's already she's already a pioneer on the bench of the Spurs so why wouldn't she then want to take the next ultimate yeah, step? We'll have to see. I mean, she'd be a great guest of this podcast. I, I don't know. If, I, I'm not sure. You know, we can get her, but uh, mostly because Maggie, of course, won't put the time in to do the booking. I'm gonna make that a point. Why is it my issue to do the booking? That's true. I'm gonna make it a point because you have more contacts in the sports world than I do. I have media nah, contacts. I don't know if that's true. All right, I, I might make this. I might make this my uh, my cause celeb to get okay. Becky Hammond as a podcast. Go get her. Might Rich. Have, seriously, might have to change the name of the podcast <laughs> to actually to convince the Spurs to put Come her on. Come on our podcast. What's the name? What's oh, the sorry, deal? Do the Spurs what? assistant coaches talk during the year or not? Probably not, right? Mm. Not on that Popovich I stuff. Don't know. All right, we, we may have we, we may have missed our, our window. Our window might might be closing. All right. All right, let's transition now to a Super Bowl champion, tight end Rob Gronkowski. Richard, I know what you're thinking. Where can I get my hands on Rob Gronkowski's latest book, It's Good to be Gronk? Well, lucky for us, I caught up with him at Barnes & Noble in New York City to talk about the five most ridiculous stories to make it into the Rob Gronkowski book. I interviewed him for SI Now, powered by Ford. Rob, we're here at Barnes & Noble in Manhattan. Outside that door, hundreds of fans are waiting for their signed copy of It's Good to be Gronk. I want to go through the five most ridiculous stories stories out of this book and let's start with your house at arizona club g the slip and slide the tile floor that you guys used to flood with water and soap and make everybody take a spin down this tile floor you say that in order to do it everyone had to strip down (laughs) into their skivvies did this keep more girls away or did it bring more girls to the house um i think both um and you just basically knew the rules so um, there's a lot of people that just want to have fun, so you come in, you know, you can't really have clothes on because you didn't slide that good, so on the bare skin, you went right across the floor, so um, it was always a good time. I remember we just got back from like a party or something, and my brother just takes the soap and just puts it on the ground, and who knows how it even started, and the water all over the place from the sink uh, starts spraying it all on the walls and on the floor. Um, what the best part is, 
everyone got dirty from it because the floors were all dirty, but I always cleaned the floors and they always, the house always looked nice the next day because of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like multitasking. Okay, let's stay with Club G, your house in Arizona, for the ridiculous moment number two, which is the hot tub that was in the front lawn with a tree over it where to get into the hot tub, all the ladies had to take their bikini tops or bras off and throw them up into the tree when she saw this. What did your mom say to you? Uh, she's definitely a little upset about that one when she saw that. Uh, we should have took all the bras down before she got to the house. That would have been a better idea. But uh, my friends and I, man, we, uh, we just collected many bras that were up in the trees. We hung them up. We had like eight to ten at one time. Uh, which was pretty outrageous, but uh, it was fun. Um, it, was, it was just collecting them, and I think when we sold the house, there's we just left them there. <laughs> Collector's items for the next owners. Uh, Gronk's ridiculous moment number three, still at Arizona. You were asked by a friend and teammate to help out at a bachelorette party. You had a little magic mic moment at that bachelorette party. How much would you charge now, where back then, you only made $30. <laughs> yes, I don't know. That would, that would kind of be a lot now. Um, maybe I wouldn't charge it all, uh, depending on the party. So uh, we'll see. I mean, can, rates can vary. Rates can vary. <laughs> there you go. 30 bucks. You earned that the hard way. Uh, ridiculous moment number four from the book It's Good to Be Gronk is when you declared for the NFL and decided on an agent. Drew Rosenhaus and another agent almost literally came to blows. They almost had a fight right in front of you. The other agent backed down and that's when you picked up the phone and called your father and said, I'm going with Drew. How much did you want to see them fight? Oh, I mean, I wanted to see them fight, but I didn't want to see them fight because uh, it would just been too much. Uh, but it was awesome. It was just a funny moment. Um, definitely was laughing about it and still laughing about it to this day. But it was some good action. I always, lo I always love to see good action in my life. So um, it's pretty ridiculous. But uh, it all ended in good terms. <laughs> Still your agent to this yes. day. Final ridiculous moment from the book, It's Good to Be Gronk. This comes from your brother Dan's bachelor party in oh. Las Vegas. You're oh. in the club. You know where I'm going with this. You're in the club dancing on the platform. You slip and fall. You fall into a girl. She goes backwards, falls into a glass table. It shatters. She picks herself up and says, somebody give me a shot. That girl was so impressive to you, you took her as your date to Dan's wedding. Oh, yes, I did, actually. Is this um, the future Mrs. Rob Gronkowski? <laughs> no, I think she's married now, actually, so which is pretty funny. But uh, that was a party rock moment, for sure. And um, she was a cool girl. She got up, and we were like, wow. She just said, let's take a shot after she just went through the glass. Her legs were bleeding. And uh, that's just party rock moments. You just got to keep going. Um, you, you get knocked down, you gotta get right back up. That's how it is. Give us a ridiculous story that did not make it into the book. Uh, a lot of them made it into the book, um, but a ridiculous story that, uh, I mean, we've had, we got many. Uh, whenever my brothers and I together, I mean, uh, sometimes we know all five of us brothers wake up in the same bed, all like on top of each other. Some nights when we go out, we don't know why we choose to sleep all in the same bed when we have five beds or all around us uh, we just we're just ridiculous like that and just make we wake up and we're like oh hey bro good sleeping with you <laughs> and there's a bed right right next to us so uh, just this fun little stupid stuff like that that just keeps the fun going okay you write a lot obviously about football in this book too and you write a lot about your rookie season with the Patriots how long did it take you to earn the respect and trust of Tom Brady 
Um, it takes a while. I mean, you just can't walk in and get, and get the respect of someone out there on the field just right away as a rookie. I mean, you just got to put the work in, um, practice a lot, stay after practice a lot, um, do extra routes. And um, it took a while. I mean, um, you said Tom was really hard on you. Yes, um, I felt like he was, but I saw it was all in good terms in the end. You just saw the potential in me to get better. Um, so when everything started clicking, everything started rolling, it got a little nicer. Uh, we're good pals now and friends now, but um, definitely um, it was good for me too because it made me want to work. It made me want to get the job done. But about halfway through my rookie year, we started getting the connection going, the timing going, and the trust in both of each other um, with the passes. You talk so much about building chemistry with Tom. If he has to miss any amount of games this season, how will that affect you? Um, I mean... Just got to still do my job, still got to do what I got to do, prepare the same. Um, but it affects me. I just got to get used to a, a, another quarterback for, for a little bit, and that's all. So um, we got practice time. Um, you practice with everyone on the team um, during practice. So used to everyone. You go with everyone out, out in the field, um, whoever it is. So uh, definitely just be ready and just focus on what I got to do. Rob, thanks so much. Congratulations on the book. All right. Thank you so much. I don't know how half of those stories even made it into Rob Gronkowski's book, but uh, we appreciate Rob uh, being a guest on SI Now. Of course, you can watch SI Now every Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Maggie, should I pretend? SI should I pretend that I've heard this interview and that it's not going to be added in post production by Elizabeth? Should I? Be, wow, that interview was unbelievable wow. by Rob. Uh, amazing! Gronkowski. I actually Fantastic. read that book cover to cover. Incredible and stuff I am now by stupider. Maggie Gray. For Powered by Ford. Done that. Okay, let's move to another big story that happened this week, and that is Barry Bonds. His case was completely dropped. Amazing. By the government. He is no longer under suspicion of obstructing justice, and when they asked him in his grand jury testimony if his uh, trainer had ever injected him with anything, he said, that's what keeps our friendship. I was a celebrity <laughs> kid, not just in baseball. By so my own instincts, I became a celebrity kid. child with a famous father. Yada, yada, yada. He goes on and on and on. He never answers the question. He got charged with obstruction of, of justice. And now the case totally dropped. Richard, I think this signals and maybe signifies a turning point that once again puts the steroid era further and further into the rearview mirror of Major League Baseball? Uh, maybe, maybe not. But I guess the big question would be, does it change Does it change Major League Baseball's perception and the fans' perception at all about how we view these guys, Sosa, McGuire, Clemens, Bonds, et cetera? I don't think this decision gets Bonds closer to the Hall of Fame. No. Do you? Okay. No, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think this decision gets them any closer to the Hall. I think our changing attitudes about steroid users – may get him to the hall. Think about this. Hmm. You just saw the All-Star game. You have guys like Nelson Cruz and Johnny Peralta. Not only are these guys All-Stars, take a look at their contracts. They both signed almost twin deals. Four years, $53, 54000000 million. Right. I think that there are indicators that the baseball fan is willing to move on from the steroid era. And I'll give you the number one example, Don't say it. which is Alex Rodriguez oh. getting cheered at Yankee Stadium. I think the baseball fan wants to move on. There's no doubt that there's been steroid fatigue, I think, among baseball fans for a long time. But I, I'm not willing to go to the point where I think that there's still not a gigantic element of people who feel like Bonds and Sosa and McGuire and Palmero, cheat, for, you know, I'm putting this in quotes, cheated the game. 
um, whatever that means. You know, you can make the absolutionist argument that everybody was dirty or it was a dirty era. So how put, did we know? Yeah, how do we know? Dirty, so put clean. these guys in anyway. It but, wasn't illegal to be taking them at but that time. Listen, I, I will. I, I don't, we, we certainly talked about this, uh, you know, between ourselves in our adjoining offices. I can't believe That's a shame. it is. I can't believe that uh, I would have never guessed Alex. First of all, I would never guess the kind of year Alex Rodriguez had has is having and secondly i would have never in a million years guessed the reception he's gotten from yankee fan i mean it's like this guy's gonna do a movie with like gary cooper soon it the, the kind of cheering he's gotten but you know what gary cooper how that's a pride that, that's a pride of the yankees uh uh who i mean gary Busey, <laughs> yeah gary coleman gary Busey and a rod the next buddy cop movie right. that's gonna be fun who is the guy in um who is the guy in um what's the tom hanks film uh Forrest, Forrest Gump? Gump, yeah, Gary, Gary, Gary Sinise. Sinise. Right. Well, I'm, I'm just. I, a Rod would be lucky to right. get a moment with that, those are all the Gary actors, Gary, Gary Berghoff. Those are all the Gary actors I've been able to name off the top of my head. Anyway, um, I, I'm not buying the whole A Rod's a changed man uh, paradigm. Well, the question is about but Bonds. he's had a great year, and uh, I, yeah, getting back to Bonds, I read that, and it just, to be very honest with you, as a taxpayer, it kind of bothered me how much money was wasted on that investigation. Mm, I can see that. Is that fair? Same thing happened with Lance Armstrong. They had built this entire case, and then all of a sudden it just got dropped. The Lance Armstrong, though, is a little different because US as, yeah, as a rep of the U.S. Postal yeah. Service, I feel like that fraud affects me as a citizen more. I know, but do we know whether or not Major League Baseball is considered a nonprofit like the NFL was up until about five months ago? I don't know, Maggie. And how many taxpayers are financing stadiums as John Oliver so eloquently did in his show? Why did we decide to do this segment anyway? Because I'm, I I'm bummed. You 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 love steroids. I do. I do. I was on my best years in 2003. You okay, were. let's get to our stupid question right, of the I'm more week. More excited about this. Okay, our stupid question. And so is Elizabeth because she wants out of the studio so bad. Our stupid question like, of the like week. She's uh, like Tim Robbins and Shawshank. She can't wait to get out of the studio. <laughs> it's like, oh, is that why there's that big picture of... Uh, Rita Hayworth? <laughs> Rita Hayworth. Right. All right, go ahead, Mike. All right, Richard, our stupid question of the week. This week, we're talking about television shows. And I'd like to know, and Elizabeth, we're going to get you in on this too. I would love to know, what is the most embarrassing TV show being watched in the Deitch household right now? Well, with... Uh, Two toddler twins. I'm trying to trying to eliminate the tele, trying to eliminate the television. There's a lot of uh, music channel on. You know, a little Ed Sheeran, Taylor Swift. Get these guys uh, some classical music just to get introduce. Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran is classical music. No, and then cla I'm changing to introduce them to different genres. Anyway, to answer the question, I, I, I thought about this. Here's how I will answer it. I watch Raw. Now, I'm not yeah. embarrassed about that, but I do think— Do you watch it the whole way nah, through? Nah, I, I DVR it yeah. and yeah. just sort of fly by. So I'm sure there are people who are like, you know, what is any adult male dude uh, watching wrestling? I'm not going to apologize for it. I think it's incredibly great escape. How long have you been watching Raw? Uh, for a while. I mean, certainly since going back to the old days of the 80s and 90s in, in wrestling. Not not throughout. There, were, I, I did walk away from it for like 10 years or so and came back. But I think it's brilliant storytelling. I think it's like escapist theater, and it's fun. I'm not embarrassed by this either, but I will tell you the most ridiculous thing I watch. And both you and Elizabeth are going to laugh because it's going to make me sound old. I watch a lot of times on ESPN Classic, the old Battle of the Network Stars, with Howard Cosell like broadcasting like the 80 stars in like what is a ridiculous athletic competition. So you so you have like young Scott Baio going against like uh, 
Randy Oaks from Chips and like stuff like that. It's really unbelievable theater. Wow, uh, Richard, you were born to do the job you do. I know. So that so like literally that's, that's crazy. I would say that's I'm almost the, jealous of you. Yeah, that's the that's the most. I mean, I again, I'm not embarrassed by it, but that's the most ridiculous thing I would. My wife like looks at me like you're watching like this TV show. It looks like I Love Lucy. It's like so old. Also, uh, there can't be that many episodes. You must be watching the same and the, ones over and, and over again. And the irony again. is, like, they're not even stars. They're like, like we're talking about, like, the, se- the seventh guy on the fall guy and stuff like that. But I just, I don't know why I find, I think it must be Cosell. I just find that, that's like, what I think that is. era is fascinating me. So that's my answer. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Jeez, mine are going to not seem that embarrassing at all compared to yours. Um, okay. I will say the most embarrassing TV show that I watch right now is The Real Housewives of New York City. And I watch it because it's good packing show. Like, I need to pack a suitcase, put that on. I also watch Raw, but I'm like a weird person who's gotten into wrestling like in her 30s because I I interview a lot of WWE superstars now, so it's just easier for me to watch than to have to catch up on all their storylines. I like that. Um, One thing that I did watch for a while... And it happened because I got some wisdom teeth taken out. And you know when you get wisdom teeth taken out, they give you way too many painkillers. Just way too many. You don't even need that many. So I was on my couch, no wisdom teeth, popping painkillers, and I found the show Millionaire Matchmaker. And I thought this was the funniest show I've ever seen in my life. I was telling my friends, have you seen this show? I go off the painkillers. I sit down to watch an episode. It is terrible. It is the worst show. It's unwatchable. You can't even bear it without some heavy medication. Well, that will do it for this episode of It's Sports Stupid. We'd like to thank Rob Gronkowski and his book, It's Good to be Gronk. Elizabeth Newman, thank you so much. Our producer and Richard Deitch, I'll see you around the office, sir. We will see each other soon. Good job, Maggie. I feel like you came through the last 15 minutes of the podcast. Really stepped up. There we go.